My name is Dulce Valencia, and welcome to Telenovelas con Dulce, a podcast where every week I invite special guests to break down the telenovelas we love. From the music, to the cast, to the unforgettable plot twist. Every slap, every imbecile, every secret twin. I have got you covered. Bienvenidos and welcome to another episode of Telenovelas con Dulce. My name is Dulce Valencia. I am your host and welcome to the podcast all about telenovelas. Y'all, first of all, I'm just going to be straight up and upfront. We are not going to be talking about Lo que la vida me robó today. Instead, I decided to do another telenovela talk episode where, you know, it's episodes that I do between covering series. It gives me a chance to catch up, take a little break, but also still deliver you all with weekly telenovela content. Another reason we're not going to be talking about Lo que la vida me robó is because I want to be ahead next time to explain. When I was doing La Usurpadora, I was literally recording every episode the night before I posted them and went live. So I would record and I would edit and I would upload in one night. And this is after working and this is after everything else I have to do for the day. So it was a lot and there were times when I was like, I'm definitely not uploading an episode. But you know, we still made it through. But that being said, it was super stressful. So for my next series, I want to make sure I'm at least two weeks ahead. That way I can make sure that y'all are always getting a quality episode. And also I'm in the process of moving to a different state. And so I just want to make sure I'm covering all my bases. So all that means that you all are getting this episode today, this week, and I'm actually very excited about because I'm going to be talking to you all about one of my all-time favorite telenovelas ever. It's the telenovela that introduced me to Cesar Evora. It introduced me to toxic enemies to lovers. It just, oh, if you don't know, I mean, I put it in the title, so you should know. I'm going to be talking about 2007's Al Diablo con los Guapos. For all my wonderful non-Spanish speakers out there, Al Diablo con los Guapos translates to to hell with the handsome. It's a 2007 telenovela comedy. It was like a dramatic comedy. There were definitely a lot of moments of comedy, but it also had a lot, a lot of heavy drama moments. And I'm going to be talking to y'all about it and recapping it to the best of my ability. I'm basically going to be rambling about the whole telenovela, but if you're interested, I did do a proper recap of it for my YouTube channel. And I really liked the video, how it came out. So I'll be linking it in the show notes so y'all can check it out if you want to see a more recap recap. Because here, I'm just going to be giving you all some fun facts, my overall thoughts, some criticisms I have for it now that I'm older. And just in general, you know, chismeando with you all. So without further ado, let's get started. So first of all, Al Diablo con los Guapos is a 2007 Mexican telenovela. It was produced by Angeli Nesma, and it was a remake of the Argentinian telenovela called Muñeca Brava. Don't come for me if you've seen Muñeca Brava and you think that it's better than Al Diablo con los Guapos because I'm not here to compare them or say one's better than the other. I personally grew up with Al Diablo con los Guapos, so it will forever hold a special place in my heart. And this telenovela stars Alison Los, Eugenio Siller, 
Laura Flores, Cesar Évora, Andres Suño, Margarita Magaña, whom you may remember from Teresa. And it also has some special appearances by Ariane Diaz and Maribel Guardia. It was just a really fun cast. One thing I will say off the bat that I really enjoyed about this telenovela is that I felt that every supporting character really had a good story, a good storyline, and I cared about them just as much as I cared about our main couple, which is something I've always said that telenovelas do really good. You know, they string you along for over a hundred episodes and you end up having all these storylines that are super complicated, but every single character, even the lowest of the lows, gets a character arc, which I think is always super awesome. But I do think that Al Diablo con los Guapos did it super well with their characters. And the main plot of Al Diablo con los Guapos is it tells a story of a poor orphan girl played by Alison Ross. Her name is Milagros or Mili. So when Mili was a baby, her mom had her at the convent and immediately died. And so Mili was left to be raised at the orphanage. And she grew up a total tomboy, dressed in baggy, boyish clothes, loved to play soccer, super charming, super energetic, and just did not give a fuck about anyone. When we first open the telenovela, she's about to turn 18. And once she turns 18, she'll be kicked out of the orphanage and she'll have to get a job. And that's where we open up. Meanwhile, we meet Alejandro, portrayed by Eugenio Siller, whom, if y'all don't know, he was recently in this really successful Netflix show called Quien Mató a Sara, or Who Killed Sara. So go check it out and let's support our king. And he plays Alejandro, who's the complete opposite of Mili. He's a pretty boy, he is rich, he's never had to work hard in his life, and he lives in a really fancy mansion called La Mansión Belmonte. He has a horrible relationship with his dad, played beautifully by Cesar Evora, and he gets along with his mom, played by Laura Flores, although his mom has a bunch of other issues that she's dealing with, such as an alcohol problem, and she's just not able to be with him or be there for him as much as she should. And he has a younger sister named Valeria, portrayed by Altair Jarabo, whom I adore. I love her. And the story kicks off with Alejandro and Mili meeting at a soccer game where Mili is selling drinks. And she gives a drink to him. And Alejandro looks at her and can't tell if she's a boy or a girl. And he's like, thank you. Carlitos and Carlitos being a boy's name and she gets pissed and she's like Carlitos las pelotas and throws a drink in his face and this is Alejandro who's never had to struggle in his life so Mili throwing the drink in his face is like the worst offense anyone has ever done for him and yeah he's pissed and he goes to the priest who's like oh you know <laughs> that's just Mili lol and so we get all these scenes where Mili and Alejandro just keep bumping into each other. And y'all, <laughs> Mili gets violent. There's a scene where she runs into him as he's driving and she literally pulls his hair through the window of his car. Like she gets violent. If you want to see this again, I did recap it for my YouTube, so go check it out. But it's just so funny and they're just toxic. They're toxic and they're complete enemies. 
which of course means that they're going to become lovers in the future. So it's made very clear to the audience that Alejandro's dad, Constancio, is Milagros's dad, which if you're listening to this, you're going to be like, oh my God, incest? No, friends, this is a telenovela. So it turns out that Constancio is not Alejandro's real dad, which is why he hates him so much. And when he was younger, he had a relationship with one of the servant maids, girls, and they were in love, but their parents opposed. And so the maid ran away because Constancio wasn't brave enough to marry her. And she ran away pregnant and she disappeared and no one ever saw her again. So Constancio's mother, uh, kind of like the Abuela Piedad character of this story, but her name is not Piedad. She is Regina. She lives in a great state of depression because she loved the woman that Constancio fell in love with. Rosario was her name. And before she ran away, she gave her this necklace of this Virgen, La Virgen de la Soledad, and was like, put this on your child when it's born. And so... Regina has spent the entirety of these past 18 years just agonizing over her lost grandchild. And she's kind of disappointed at Constancio because he wasn't strong enough to stand up to his father. So she lives with the hope that her grandson, because this is a telenovela, so they think that all babies are men. And she just lives with the hope that her grandson will return to her someday. So we also see that Mili wears that same necklace and she's like... My mom put it on me right before she died, and I never take it off, and it protects me. So again, as an audience member, we know very early on that Mili is the daughter. And once she turns 18, the priest finds her a job working as a maid at the Belmonte Mansion, which means that her mom's story is repeating again because inevitably she falls in love with Alejandro and everyone around them rejects them and is like, nope, Alejandro, you cannot be serious. She is a nobody. She is an orphan. And chaos ensues and everyone's trying to keep them apart. What Mili doesn't know, however, is that Alejandro is kind of playing with her in the beginning because he makes a bet with one of his best friends that he can he can basically seduce her and, you know, take her to bed and have sex with her and that, you know, he'll win money if he does, which is horrible. And I mean, I don't have to tell y'all how toxic and just plain horrible this type of behavior is, but he does this bet and so he starts seducing her. But in the process, he begins to feel real feelings for her. Meanwhile, Mili also masquerades as a singer because this telenovela just needs more layers, I guess. And she, every night she goes dancing and she sings and she dresses up and it's completely different from her everyday baggy boyish clothes. So Alejandro, while seducing Mili, falls in love with this random girl at the club and he's like obsessed with her. And Mili knows, obviously, that it's Alejandro, so she lays a trap on him where when Alejandro asks her out on a date as, as her regular self, she rolls up to the date dressed in her baggiest clothes, her ugliest clothes, and she just pretends to eat sloppily and just is... Basically, she's just messing with him. And then she's like, oh, you know what? Let me go to the bathroom. I'm just going to freshen up a bit for you. And so she goes to the bathroom and Alejandro's on the phone talking to his best friend. And he's like, yes, Bobby, like 
tonight's the night. I'm going to win this bet. And when he's talking on the phone, Mili comes out dressed in her usual going out outfits. So when Alejandro sees her, he's just like, what? He cannot believe that it's the same person. And Mili has completely tricked him. But he tries to play it off like he always knew, but he didn't. And after this trickery, they just... We get a lot of scenes of them messing with each other, trying to one-up each other, and again, in the process, developing very real feelings between each other to the point where they're in love. And it gets to the point where Alejandro is ready to commit to her, which he hasn't been because while this is all happening and while he's seducing her and falling in love with her, he also has a girlfriend named Andrea who is actually, fun fact, Andrea is played by the same actress who played Alejandro's sister in Ruby. And I don't know if y'all remember, if you listened to our Ruby series, but we loved her. And I was taken aback at how much I loved her character because my first introduction to her character that I really remembered was her as Andrea in this telenovela. So I hated her because she was such a villain and so good at playing the villain. But, you know, shout out to her as an actor. Let me look up real fast what her name is because I feel like I should put respect to her name. Tania Vasquez. Tania Vasquez. That's her name. So, yes, shout out to Tania Vasquez. Anyway, so after hijinks ensue between Mili and Alejandro, they eventually fall in love. But when they do, their whole family tries to keep them apart. They make up all these lies about Mili. And in return, Mili is just led to believe that Alejandro is just playing with her. And everyone's against them. The only person who isn't against them is Regina, Alejandro's grandmother, who has taken a special liking to Mili and considers her a sort of grandchild figure. And Mili also reminds her a lot of Rosario. And obviously, as an audience member, we know that the reason she reminds her of Rosario is because she is Rosario's daughter and she is her long-lost grandchild. But Regina doesn't know this and Mili doesn't know this because she loses her little medallion. So, so there's no way of Regina ever discovering that that's her child or that's her grandchild but eventually she decides that she's gonna adopt Mili and she's gonna adopt her as her grandchild and enroll her in classes and make sure she gets an education and that she integrates herself in high society and while this is happening Mili has kind of been turned off by Alejandro and his playboy ways and she kind of begins a relationship with Alejandro's cousin Hugo Hugo is an artist who is pretending to be in a wheelchair, but in reality, he isn't. And he obsesses over Mili because Mili looks like his dead girlfriend. Totally not toxic or a red flag. So he becomes obsessed with her and wants to date her. But Mili just wants to be friends because, again, she's just in love with Alejandro. Anyway... Hugo ends up partnering up with Andrea to keep Alejandro and Mili apart. And at one point, Mili does end up dating Hugo. It gets so serious to the point that they get engaged and they're ready to get married. However, they do not get married initially. So the day of the wedding arrives and Alejandro at this point, he's dating another woman and he's getting ready to travel outside of the country with her. And the day where he was supposed to leave with her, he doesn't show up to the airport or the plane. 
And instead, he kidnaps Mili from the church. That's right. He kidnaps Mili. Y'all, the way this scene is like my comfort scene and how much I've rewatched this scene is low-key problematic and a red flag in itself. So this scene is literally engraved in my memory as a child. I just remember Mili being pulled up to the wedding and the door being left open and Alejandro in a mask gets in and drives off as Rocky, who's a chauffeur, he's like, se robaron a la novia. And then Hugo comes out and he's like, where's Mili? And they're like, Huguito, they stole your girlfriend. And Mili yelling at the person who kidnapped her because she can't see that it's Alejandro. So she's just yelling and she's like, I'm poor. You're not going to get any money for me. Like, return me this instance. And then finally, she rips off his mask because Mili is a fighter. Like, she's not going down easily. So she rips off the mask and sees that it's Alejandro. So she's just flabbergasted. She can't believe Alejandro has kidnapped her. And Alejandro's like, you're not going to get married. And y'all, I'm going to also link a clip to this scene in the show notes because I feel like y'all need to watch it to appreciate how crazy this scene is. Also, the scene itself lasts like a good four or five minutes, maybe even more. And it's literally just Mili screaming and being erratic and trying to stop Alejandro from driving. It's so crazy. The pacing, there's all these pacing issues in the scene itself, but me being like, what, 11 and watching this scene, I was like, oh my god, true love. This is what it looks like. <laughs> Which again, no, this does, this is not what true love looks like. This is what toxic relationships look like. And yeah, but you know, when I was 11, I was eating this up. So anyway, Alejandro kidnaps Mili and takes her to a cabin where he, <laughs> where he holds her hostage. He calls back the Belmonte mansion to tell Regina that Mili is fine because he's the one that kidnapped her, but everything's fine. And he's literally on the phone being like, everything's fine, everything's fine. As Mili is gagged and tied up and Alejandro's pulling on the rope. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have no idea how young Dulce thought that this was peak romance, but she did. And so... Alejandro's plan works because this is a telenovela. So Mili is like ready to be like, okay, you're right. We're in love with each other. We're perfect. Like, let's go back and get married. So once they're able to go back, she basically breaks up with Hugo and is like, I'm sorry, but I love Alejandro and I don't love you. This whole thing, which doesn't make Hugo very happy. In fact, he's going to become a villain shortly after this happens. But her and Alejandro make plans that they're going to run off together and get married. However, Luciana, Alejandro's mom, stops them. You see, Luciana has discovered that Mili is Constancio's long-lost child and Regina's long-lost grandchild. And she knows this information. She also knows that Alejandro is not really Constancio's father, so Alejandro and Mili are not related in any way. However, she's not going to tell Mili this. So she tells Mili on the day of what would have been her and Alejandro's wedding, 
She goes to Mili in disguise, all dressed in black with a black veil and everything. And she's like, you can't marry him because he's your brother. And so poor Mili has to be like, I've been in a relationship with my brother. And Mili is a very religious woman. And even if you're not a very religious woman, like obviously incest is wrong and no one wants to be accidentally incestuous oh my god so she's horrified and she runs away and the thing is she doesn't tell alejandro why she ran away she just keeps this to herself and she ends up actually telling alejandro that the only reason she was together with him was because she was a gold digger and she was just interested in his money because shortly after running away from the wedding regina gets really, really, really sick. So they take her to the hospital and she's about to die. And when she's about to die, Mili is able to go to her and be like, I'm your long lost grandchild. So Regina is able to hug her. And at this point, she had already adopted Mili. Like Mili was basically family to her before knowing this information. But once Mili tells her, you know, she feels a sense of relief and joy. And then she immediately dies. And it's horrible. Watching this when I was 11, I did not think Regina was going to die, but she did. And this devastated me. So Regina dies. And when she dies and they read her will, they discover that she left everything for Mili. So then Alejandro being all hurt because Mili, one, didn't marry him. Two, didn't offer an explanation. And then three, once they finally talked, she was like, I was only interested in your money. He's pissed at her and he's like, this is all you wanted. Did you ever really love grandma? Because Alejandro had a really, really close relationship with his grandmother. Even though Regina knew that he wasn't her real grandchild, he, she still, she still cared for him a lot and was basically his only companion growing up. So he's devastated. Mili is devastated. And then they both move on with their lives. Alejandro with a new character named Florencia, who is played by Ariane Diaz, and Mili back again with Hugo. So finally, Hugo and Mili get married, and Alejandro and Florencia get married, and she eventually gets pregnant with Alejandro's child. So while this is happening, Alejandro eventually finds out that the reason Mili broke off and ran away was because she thought that they were siblings, and they find out that they're not really siblings, but by the time they find out, they're already married and they don't want to leave their spouses because they're like, that's fucked up of us. So they just have to live loving each other from afar. Except that the side and supporting characters realize how much they love each other and they concoct a plan where they force them to be together and spend time on this island. And so they take them, leave them there, and this is where Alejandro and Mili come together, confess their love to each other, and vow that they will love each other until their dying days. And that someday, when they're 90 and old, they're going to return to this same spot where they first promised to love each other until the end. And remember this, because it's going to come back later. So once they make up, they're able to return back to the rest of the group, Florencia, Alejandro's wife ends up giving birth and Mili ends up delivering the child. The child is a baby girl whom they name Rosario in honor of Mili's dead mother. By this point in the story, both Hugo and Florencia know that Alejandro and Mili don't love them. 
Ugo has become very jealous and possessive and even violent towards Mili, whereas Florencia kind of doesn't love Alejandro, and she has discovered that her long-lost love from years before is alive when she thought he was dead, and she really wants to run away with him. So eventually she does, and she leaves Alejandro, basically divorcing him and leaving him alone with their daughter. And while this happens, Ugo becomes super violent with Mili. Mili's trying to divorce him. Ugo isn't letting her. And it gets so violent to the point where Ugo and Mili are fighting. And Ugo accidentally throws Mili over this glass wall. And she falls. And she should be dead by all accounts and purposes. However, instead, she's in a very critical state at the hospital. No one thinks that she's going to make it. And while she's at the hospital, she has a near-death experience where she sees Regina, who's now, you know, in heaven. And Regina's there, and she's like, Mili, this is not your time to die. You have to go back. And then Mili is like, you're here. Where's, where's my mom? And Regina tells her, your mom isn't here. She's alive. And that's when Mili comes out of the coma and wakes up, but she doesn't remember this interaction. She just remembers seeing Regina in the afterlife, but she's like, I don't remember what she said to me. But now as an audience member, we know that Mili's mom isn't really dead. So <laughs> that's going to come out. Y'all, this telenovela has so many twists and turns, it's crazy. So, once Mili is better, Ugo kind of realizes that he was a huge dick and he was a horrible human being, and he gives her the divorce, and Mili and Alejandro are able to be together. So they're together, raising Rosario, you know, they're getting ready to have their wedding, they're all excited, and they're raising their daughter together, when this random lady, played by Maribel Guardia, rolls up in a really bad wig, by the way, and she starts to get close to Alejandro. Mili finds out, by this point, they're finally no longer super toxic to each other, so they have a level of trust. So Mili goes to her and is like, you need to stay away from Alejandro. And the woman is like, no, 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 I'm not interested in him. But Mili is like, you need to leave because none of us want you in our lives. And she doesn't realize this, but the reason the woman was getting close to Alejandro was because she's Mili's real mother. And she has spent these last 18 plus years looking for Mili. When Mili was born, there was like this mix-up where she was told that Mili didn't survive. It was like this whole mess where she didn't know that Mili was out there. So once she did, she came back to Mexico and she tried looking for her until she finally found her. But obviously now so many years have passed that she doesn't want her daughter to think that she just abandoned her. So she's being very cautious about the whole situation, which is why she was trying to get close to Alejandro first. But Mili doesn't know this, so Mili ends up pushing her away, but finally all the other characters are able to get her to come back, and they're able to reunite Mili and her mother together. And when they do, Constancio, who at this point is running for like governor or something, leaves his political career behind and acknowledges Milagros as his daughter Everything is happy. Mili finally has her two parents and she's getting ready to marry the love of her life, Alejandro. And so we get to the finale and we have not one, not two, but a triple wedding. In the triple wedding is obviously Alejandro and Mili. 
But we also have Valeria, Alejandro's little sister, who's marrying the chauffeur Rocky. And we also have Hugo, who's now marrying the maid Carla. (laughs) So all these former servants ended up marrying rich, which we love to see. So they get married. It's beautiful. And then we see years pass and we see how their lives played out and we see them have kids. And, you know, we see Constancio die. We see Luciana die. We see all these characters have kids and the kids grow up and everything like we see their whole lives play out and then finally it's multiple multiple years later and we see Alejandro and Mili as old little 90 year olds returning to the beach the same beach where they promise to love each other until the end and they get there they sit on the couch and they die in each other's arms and y'all this scene wrecked me it emotionally destroyed me and that is how the story ends with Alejandro and Mili dying in each other's arms having fulfilled their promise to love each other until the end and oh it's so beautiful and that is Al Diablo con los Guapos now before I end today I did say that I was going to talk to you all about stuff I like and the little criticisms of stuff I didn't like So first of all, stuff I liked, I mean, the overall story, clearly, I'm emotional right now just even thinking about the finale and just the emotional payoff for these characters and the supporting characters having fulfilling storylines. That was all amazing. My two main criticisms that I have for the story, the first, a character does blackface and that is not okay in any world. And the character is Rocky who is a chauffeur, and there's a scene where Valeria, Alejandro's sister, tells him how, you know, she wants to be, like, in the movies where they're driven around. And so she references driving Miss Daisy. So Rocky watches a movie and then does blackface because he's like, the lead character was black. Yeah, it's horrible. It's a mess. It's super dated, and I did not like that part at all. And then the second criticism I have, which everyone brings up anytime I mention Al Diablo con los Guapos on like TikTok or anything, people always mention the fact that the main actor who played Mili, Alison Los, was literally a child when she filmed this telenovela. She was 15, y'all. Like her first, first kiss was on this telenovela. And I actually, because I was in Mexico at this point, I remember being 11 when this telenovela came out and watching, I forgot what program I was watching, but they were interviewing her and she talked about how they wrote it in her character, that her character had never been kissed before and had to be taught because she herself as a human being had never kissed before. And I mean, she was 15. And so she had to kiss Eugenio Sillier, who was an adult by this point. And the scene, he kisses her and is like, you don't know how to kiss. Let me teach you. And he kisses her again and again until he's satisfied. And they did that because Alison Los was 15 and she didn't know how to kiss, which I think is super problematic and just, uh, I did not like it. As much as I do love this story, it does make me feel icky to see that she was a literal child filming this whole telenovela. But that being said, Al Diablo con los Guapos is a really, really good telenovela. Obviously, it has its problems, but it definitely made a mark on me when I was 11. And it introduced me to a lot of tropes that I would end up growing up and liking a lot in media. 
And if y'all haven't watched it, I recommend you check it out. Last I checked, it was still on YouTube. They may have removed it, but you can check it out and see for yourself. And also check out the original Muñeca Brava, whom again, many people argue is much better than Al Diablo con los Guapos, but I'll let you all decide what version you prefer. Personally, for me, just for nostalgia's sake, because I grew up with it, for me, it's Al Diablo con los Guapos. So that is it for today's episode of Telenovelas con Dulce. Thank you all so much for listening, and I will see you again next week, where we will finally, finally get started on Lo que la vida me robó. Bye, everyone!